This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world, Peak Too Early. I'm one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I'm joined by Mike Jenner, who is somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? Steve, I don't know if you believe this or not, but I am four days in a row, got a running. I mean, Let's who would have thunk? And Trent, I know you weren't a believer, but they're on Strava. I'm on my Strava grind. Don't go and look because none of them are impressive. But I will say, so we had Frank Lara on today, and he works for Strava, so I missed out on a big opportunity to talk to him about this. But I feel like there should be a setting on Strava because there's that when you post your run, there's that little, like, meter where you have to say, like, how good you felt. Like, oh, it felt easy. It felt moderate. It felt hard. I should just be able to set it for, like, all right, for the next 30 days, just assume it was hard. I shouldn't have to tell you it was hard every single day. You should just be like for 30 straight days, just automatically put it hard. So I'm going to put an orb with Frank, but besides that, we're, we're grinding. If Strava recognizes that you haven't run for the past three to four months, just automatically set the next exactly. 30 days to hard. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> All right. And as always at the house of Sav, we got Trent Fontanella. Trent, how you doing, bud? Boys, I'm doing all right. Mike, it's a little disheartening to hear how well you're doing because I kind of had like a weird thought today, right? So I'm going to be out of commission for several weeks, probably a couple months of, of no running and just about no activity. Uh, I'm already coming into this not in ideal shape, right? I'm not, I'm not really crushing it. So I like can confidently and definitively say I will be in the worst shape of my life within like the next few weeks, right? I am just like on this downward spiral right now to just like definitively becoming like the worst conditioned person I have ever been. And so I'm trying to wrap my head around that idea and like how out of shape I'm going to be. Maybe it's an opportunity. I guess it's an opportunity for big growth here. It's an opportunity to whip myself back into shape for the Irish Clover in a couple of weeks. But uh, it was a, it was a strange shot. So uh, I'm, I'm wrestling with that right now. Trentleton, I, you know, from somebody who feels like they are trying to pull themselves out from that exact spot you're in, the absolute worst shape of their, their entire life, and you have an excuse. I, I, I do not have an excuse. But there is like, you know, like the whatever it is, like the seven stages of grief type of experience you get out of this. There's the denial. There's all that. Eventually, you do get to acceptance where it's just like, I I'm just okay with this. I think like, I think I'm okay. Just, you know, I'm not going to run today and that's, that's fine. Like eventually it circles back around and that's not no longer okay. But there's definitely a a period of time where not going for a run and feeling like out of shape and gross is just like, you're okay living in your filth. But I think, I think once you've been there, right, once you've been in that terrible shape, then you come to accept it because you're just there. I'm like sure. looking at that, right? I'm on like that denial. free fall, like denial. looking down at it and I'm I'm seeing that. So once I get there, give me a couple of weeks and then maybe I can get to that acceptance stage, but I don't think I'm ready for that quite yet. Sure. I'm on a little bit of a run streak myself Been waking up in the morning, getting a few miles out there. So Trent, I mean, before you know it, you're going to be by far the worst, pra- worst you guys are shape me behind. host on the podcast. Yeah, man. Got to get ready. Got to get ready for the upcoming Irish Clover five miler guys. 
we've talked about this race, you know, around this time of year for the past two years. It's a big moment for the podcast. It's a big event for us every March. This year, the race is virtual. So anybody can do it from anywhere in the world. It's going to be a ton of fun. And if you're a peak too early listener, you're not going to miss out what we have in store because we got some cool stuff brewing. So we talked about it on last week's podcast. If you sign out, we got we got the link in the bio for you to go ahead and sign up. If you do, take a screenshot, send it over to us. So we're going to put together like a DraftKings style pick them. We got a whole strategy for it. It's going to be a ton of fun. So if you complain that there's no type of like fun fantasy sport slash gambling on the sport and you don't sign up for the Irish Clover five miler, you can't complain about that anymore. For sure. I'm, uh, you know, I'm starting to get in that mindset, right? Where I got to start scouting people. Maybe I start following some more people on Strava because I, I'm going to be, you know, a, a shark here. I, you know, I gotta, I gotta find out what everyone's up to, what kind of shape they're in. So if you think that you're signed up and, and I'm not scouting you, you, you're, you're very wrong. I don't, I don't mean to deter anybody from signing up. Cause that's the last thing I want to do. But if you tell me I can't complain about there's no like running gambling to, to, to get involved in. I mean, what is our podcast going to be about? I mean, that is like all we do is just complain that there's not enough gambling. So um, everybody, please sign up and don't let that deter you. But I don't know what we're going to do after, after we make gambling on running just like a, a, a hot thing. Mainstream. Hot in the streets. So, so I'll kind of tease the plan we have a little bit. So it's going to be like a pick'em game. You're essentially going to be able to, from the people participating in the virtual race, you're going to be able to kind of assemble your team of three and the lowest combined score is going to win. The, 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 the fun part of it is you are going to be, have to be one of the people on the team. But I will say there's going to be a ranking. The lower you are in the ranking, the better position, the more opportunity you are going to have to get the faster runners and the higher you are on the ranking, the less opportunity you're going to have. So if you're, if you're a, a super, if you're like Mike and I, and you're super fit and you're really in shape and you're ready to crush this thing, then you're going to benefit from that in your score, but you're going to have a harder time picking the rest of your team. If you're like Trent and you're, you know, not in great shape right now, you know, you're going to, it's going to, it's going to hurt you for your score, but you're going to have a much better opportunity to pick other people. So that's, that's the direction we're heading with. And I got it all planned out. It's going to be a ton of fun. You don't want to miss it. Steve, how do you come up with this shit? I don't know. I'm like a mad scientist when it comes to like the, the, the fun and different creative races, but genius idea, right? It is, but it's another like Steve concoction that nobody else is ever going to understand how this works. Except oh, they, for will. they will. But, you they know, will. At, at the, at the end of the week, we'll get like the, the rankings and it'll all make sense. And the person who's supposed to win will 100% win, but there's going to be some goodwill hunting mathematical equation behind what's no, going on that nobody's no. understanding. There, there, I promise you there's no algorithm. There's no formula. <laughs> there's no, there's no type of crazy equation that would, that's just, that's just for the team virtual race. This one, it's going to be a little different. It's going to be very clear how I lay it out and how it happens. It's going to be a pure ranking system. I'm going to be diving into the results. I'm going to be, you know, asking for, you know, if, if you didn't participate in the other virtual races, I'm going to be asking for some information, but it's going to be a clear cut ranking system and you will, it will be very clear how it happens. Just like, just like if you log on to like DraftKings, it's going to be very clear. 
I want to encourage people to provide some context to their times here, right? And especially to your friends or the people around you who are also participating. Let us know what they're up to, right? How many beers are they crushing on a daily night? Are they are they actually getting out for runs? Or are they putting, you know, the, the Strava on their girlfriend and having them go out and run for them? Like, give us some nice context here. We could build some great, like, player profiles out with just yeah. uh, what people are actually up to, what their diet is like, what the sleep is like, <laughs> that sort of thing. We can have I, some fun with this. This is, this is going to be fun. I need some hype videos for sure, right? Like I need some like some hype videos. And like I said last time, what I truly want is for people to sign up in groups, right? Like challenge your friend. And if you can, you know, showcase, you know, that you and your friend are either similar or you can kind of put some kind of spread on it. I'm down to like, I want to live stream this stuff so we can like bet on it right there. So sign up and find a buddy or find a rival on on Strava or whoever I don't care sign up together and agree to to let us live stream this so we can you know get in on the action that's what I need it should be like horse racing there should be just races all day on these random (laughs) channels right we live stream anything and we're just gonna be able to bet all day on it it'll be like the the Thursday and Friday of the first week of March Madness where it's just you know non-stop betting non-stop basketball non-stop races all day long I mean that that would be electric that's amazing. Yeah, this is going to be the opportunity opportunity for some uh, some listener generated content. So like Ghouls and Goblins Track Club, right? You know they they've participated in all the stuff we've done. They uh, they always put up some some fun like pictures and stuff to kind of go along with their athletes. That's what we want. If you're going to get into this, we want to see some hype videos. We want some stuff that we can post on the Instagram. We want to get people involved. So, but the only way this is going to happen, the only way it's going to happen is if you go sign up. And so we're going to do a lot of fun for the, for those participating virtually. We're going to, we're going to do this whole like DraftKings setup. We're going to do a, a zoom draft, the, you know, the, the week of the week leading up to it. We're going to do an, a virtual after party after the race. But for those of you that are local and want to run in person, we're going to organize a small group to race on March 13th. So look out for that. It's going to be a ton of fun. Pump Steve. It's going to be an unbelievable weekend. All right, Mike, let's kick off the running news. All right, so we don't have we had a, we had a few running news stories, nothing crazy. Uh, I'd say one one pretty big one, but we'll start with the news that just came out a day or two ago. So uh, Andrew Bumbleo from Barman Track Club, after you know a, a ten or so year career, just announced that he was retiring. I don't have a, a you know a whole lot to say on this, Trent. I know you've been grinding, doing some research in the last ten minutes. What do you got about our guy, Andrew? Yeah, yeah. I'll just say when we got the the uh, the notes on the show today, I was like, oh boy, I need I need to read up right now. But Andrew Bumble, he had a, he had a big interview that he did talking about the end of his career. He comes out and he says, I wanted to. Be, he's a Bowman Track Club guy, by the way. I wanted to beat anyone on the Oregon project more than anybody else. Was a quote that came from that interview, and it was like, Andrew, where was this earlier? Like that was like it made me. It made me really like Andrew, right? And I love that mentality, that BTC versus the NOP that we have been talking about so much, um, but I wanted that to come out earlier. So uh, that's my big takeaway. That's how I do my research. That was great. That was exactly what I wanted to hear. Thank you. Retiring from professional running has to be like one of the best feelings in the world, right? Because you do this sport, it's a grind. You do it three seasons, you know, more than any other sport. I mean, it's a year round sport. It's it's, it's all about keeping yourself fit. 
So you do it through high school, you do it through college, and then you tack on this 10-year career afterwards. And then one day you wake up and you're just being like, I don't have to go for a run today if I don't want to. I don't have to eat super healthy today if I don't want to. I can just do whatever the hell I want. It's got to be such a good feeling. Yeah. To me, it's like, you know, we've had a couple of retirements here in the last few weeks. And I guess I get like, you know, if you know, you know, right? Like if it's over, it's over and you're just, you don't, you don't have the drive anymore, but it is an Olympic year. Right. And even if it's a long shot for, for any and everybody and you know, you're not feeling it, you know, I don't know. I, I guess I'm surprised to see, you know, a little bit of a run of retirements leading up to the Olympics, but I think it's probably obvious, like obvious if it's an Olympic year and you still don't have that like fire in the belly, then that's pretty obvious saying like it's, it's time to go. So that was really the only take I had from that moving on. It was just announced that the USATF indoor championship has been canceled due to COVID-19. Another one bites the dust. Steve, what do you got to say about that? This is a massive disappointment. I mean, I was kind of hoping to, get on the podcast this week or next week or, or start hyping this up because it looked as if we were going to have a, you know, championship racing again for the first time in over a year and they were going to pull it off in Albuquerque. What the hell happened? Why aren't they doing this? I mean, they're able to do other track meets and other events. I mean, hell, they, they just had the national championship college game last night where they had people in the stands and they had you know probably 150 people on the field between players and coaches why can't we have this track meet you only need you only need what eight people on a track at a time i mean why what happened why are we having this meet this is crazy as a lot of other professional sports happening not just outdoors steve but you got like basketball going on that's indoors right so you got these people that are crowded around you would think you, you make the heats a little bit smaller. You do the right testing protocol and you can make that execute. Um, I don't know. I don't have a good answer for that. I read one thing that just said a local surge in uh, Albuquerque, you know, has people fearful to, to bring all these people in, which I don't know what the, I'm not going to comment on, on, on the smart people making those decisions, but it is, it's disheartening. I, I can't believe we are still talking about cancellations at this point, like looking back at how long it's been and how much we're losing. Um, it's a major, it's a major hit to this. The world championship has already been canceled. I was, I was kind of reading up on the other meets that are gone. Milrose is gone this year. Like I think even just a couple weeks ago, we were all kind of getting ready to get a little bit excited about some indoor meets going on. Right. There's some things on the radar. Uh, and now, uh, and now, like Mike said, they're just dropping one by one. I mean, is it a money thing? Can they not afford the test? Because to me, this seems super, it seems super friggin' simple, right? You're two weeks out, start doing the testing, right? And you got to keep it like, you know, you, you know, athletes have to be good about it. They have to, you know, keep themselves separated from crowds. But I know for a fact, I've talked to teams that are doing this right now. Like they're, they're teams that are, that are at altitude. They're at camps right now, training for this meet. And they're doing things like, the, the teams are together at practice, but when they're off the track, they're not allowed to leave their house. They're not even allowed to uh, interact with other people on their teams. They're separated to like the groups that are in their house. So teams are being very, very careful right now. Like I don't like, it, it just doesn't make any sense. So to me, the, like, the most disheartening part of this is it kind of signals, you know, there's always like the first big chip to fall. And like, this is probably going to, be a trend throughout indoor right so we were excited for an indoor season and to me this says that 
who knows? Maybe maybe there won't be much of an indoor season here. But I, I kind of got a take here. Um, I'm not saying I don't want this meet to happen. Obviously, I want any racing. I especially want championship racing right now. But in an Olympic year, right, like we had this like kind of like weird thing because it, 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 we saw the same thing happen last year where when we thought we were in Olympic year, right, we had the indoor U.S. championships. And it is a complete watered down version of the USA championships because people are so hyper focused on the Olympics. So, you know, they're not thinking about this race. They're, you know, completely training through. A lot of people aren't racing at this race. So where it is disappointing and disheartening at the same time, it's like, this wasn't going to be a U.S. championship. Like, like we, we know and want it to be because it's an Olympic year, right? Like U.S. Stop indoors. It. Stop yeah, but, it. but Steve, that's like, that's the, that's the truth. It, Obviously, I want any racing, any racing I can get. I don't care what it is. I want pros on a track racing each other. But I, I also don't want to blow this up to be like, put it on the same level as like the Boston Marathon being canceled or any of those other huge ones. Because to me, this is like, it would have been a great meet. But and, Mike, and that's, that, that's, that's kind of that. indoor USA indoor championship anyways, right? I mean, you're not, I mean, you're going to get, it's it's never going to attract like the 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 top of the top like every once in a while but it's it's usually an opportunity for the guys that or and girls that probably aren't going to qualify for the olympics to win a medal to, sure. to win a medal sure. to win some sort of u.s championships like at this point i want any type of racing i can get any type of high level racing i can get i want and to get that taken away i mean it's just, it sucks. I mean, it was going to be like an appetizer. It was going to be like a little teaser for the Olympic trials. We were going to maybe see a couple people pop that, that, you know, kind of come out of nowhere being like, Oh, this guy wasn't on our radar to make the Olympic team, but now he's on our radar. Like it was going to be awesome for the sport. Yeah. And, and so I don't want to make it sound like I wouldn't have been excited for the race and that I'm not disappointed because I am. I just think like I'm trying to put it in perspective. When you hear USA indoor championships, like your mind originally goes to, wow, this is like one of the biggest meets of the year. And I, it would have been a great meet. We would have been pumped about it, but it wouldn't have been, it would have been a watered down version of what you would normally expect. And like you said, the indoor championships is usually watered down, but even so much more in an Olympic year, it would have been watered down and that's fine. It's fine. I'm just, I, all I'm trying to do Mike, is put things. That's in like saying here. that's like saying that's like saying you know uh, this past weekend wild card wild card weekend in the NFL is a watered down version of the NFL because it's not the top teams qualifying for for the playoffs. Like all the the best teams in the NFL get a bye that first week and they're one step clo- closer to the Super I, Bowl I than I the teams in wild card weekend. But wild card weekend might be the best games might be the best football we watch all year and, and it's not because it has the best teams it has the teams that just missed out on the best spot and are fighting like hell to get to the next level that's why wildcard weekend so awesome and that's why the the indoor championships would have been yeah, awesome. wildcard weekend is like the pinnacle of the season it's fighting to 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 get to that prize right it's like that's more equivalent to you know the trials it's like that people fighting to get to that to that edge where the u.s championships would not necessarily be the you know culmination of like everything you got now it's just like it's almost like a meat you know a big meat on the schedule it's a big meat on the schedule this year let's uh let's recap here (laughs) 
the the indoor championships, the USATF indoor track championships get canceled. Steve, understandably, is fired up about it, wondering what can we do to get this to go on because other sports have seemingly figured it out. And Mike is happy that it's canceled. I'm, He's no, excited. I'm putting things into perspective, Trent. But Mike, you same guy that talked this mouth. into rallying behind SEC cross country this past fall because That's it was right. something on the calendar. That's right. It's. I'm just trying to put things into perspective here. I'm disappointed. I would have been excited for this meet. There would have been, you know, nobody who is championing this meet more than I am. I'm just putting things into perspective, Trent. I find that hard to believe based on your first date. But when, like, it, when we not, talk about something getting canceled, I want the listeners to know what we're talking about here. This is the reality of what the meet was that got canceled. It's not the Olympics, right? It's not, no, it's not the Boston not. Marathon or whatever. But what it is, we've been salivating for anything this year. Sure. Think of how excited we've got for all the different meets that have had where we've had a couple elite athletes get together. If you have a, an indoor championship that's coming up in, in February – and and we haven't had anything to celebrate in the last like it'll be a full 12 months at that point it's like pretty much the olympic trials for the marathon i mean that's the most exciting thing that could possibly be on the running calendar after like 12 months of just of the bits of the 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 leftovers the the scraps michael and you're you're happy that it's canceled so i'm not a happy check my i guess my point is like you mentioned the milrose games right like this is just as much of a news story and a disappointment as the Milrose games and other big indoor meets that are getting canceled. That's all I'm saying. This is the headline that we happen to be talking about, but you could be disappointed about any indoor meet, any race in general that gets canceled. I, like I said, many times am not excited about this trend. I'm just trying to put it into perspective for you. So, Hey, I quickly, I want to go back to last year at this time where Super excited for the trials coming up. We're super excited for the, the Olympics coming up. Indoor national championships, kind of like, a, you know, we're excited for it, but it's kind of a little bit of an afterthought for a lot of the reasons that Mike's saying right now. But I don't, I, I think it's even bigger this year than it was last year. There's this, there's this virus over in China that people are talking about. We're not too worried about it. Next thing we know, it's coming over the United States. Next thing we know, U.S. indoors is canceled. And we're saying no way the trials are getting canceled. No way the Boston Marathon is getting canceled. No way the Olympics are getting canceled. Is there any, oh does boy. this create oh any, oh oh any boy. doubt oh in your mind? Does it create any doubt in your mind? Steve, we don't all? talk about this. We don't I'm talk just about saying this. like we were having a very similar conversation at this point last year, right? Does so, it create any doubt in your you, mind that these events? Okay, so now, now you want to get, now you want to get all no, defensive no. of these events. I'm, no, I'm not, I'm not getting defensive. I'm saying, Yes, the answer is it creates a lot of doubt in my mind, but I just I don't want to talk about it. We don't we don't talk about that on this show. I'm just saying first they first they came for my US indoor nationals and I did nothing. <laughs> Let, let's talk about uh somebody gets popped for cheating. Let's talk about uh some shoe stuff. Uh, I yeah. don't know. I, I wanna dive like I like I, I I know I know this is something we don't want to talk about, but like does it put any cause like a week ago I thought for sure like without any shadow of doubt, we were having Olympic trials. We were going to have uh, an Olympics. Does it put any, any doubt in your head that that's going to happen this year? Yes. What I, what I'd recommend to everyone out there is to not Google 
Izzy Limp's going to happen because there, there, <laughs> there may oh, be stories shit. of like committee members questioning it. Tokyo goes under lockdown, like just people analyzing it. Now, the word is it's still going to happen. But I would just say if you're like us and you're trying to be a positive, a positive poly about this whole situation, uh, just just don't go on like a, a let's run uh, deep dives about what some Olympic. Uh, so so let let me I'll be negative for 45 seconds here because I was bringing things to perspective. I'm talking reality here, so that's what I'll continue to do. You are bringing people, hundreds and thousands of people from every country on the planet Earth, into one location, and we are seven eight months away from this now i don't even know if we're going to be allowed to travel in seven eight months now right now like that's like up in question so am i concerned about this yeah i i am i haven't been concerned my, until my, this till this conversation right here but now i'm terrified but that's why we don't talk about it steve because i oh, have been concerned we, about well, it if we but can't talk about say, it here where can we talk about it mike i we don't can't know, talk but, about it yet we're we just second, gonna pretend they're what do you just gonna pretend there isn't problems in the world the, the second we start talking about it it becomes real this has been a reality, ah, Steve, for the last like forty. Episodes. I haven't been even We've considering done. it as part of my reality. Now that's I am. That's because we haven't. That's because we haven't talked about it. It's <laughs> been there for a ton of episodes, and we've just decided not to talk about it. The second we now it's real. Oh, now, God. now this now this is real. So. Oh no! I haven't even like, like. Come on! Like, what is going on? Our uh, our next guest just needs to be a therapist. We just need to. <laughs> but seriously, like. It, they can't postpone it again. Like that wouldn't. I don't think that would happen, right? No, because that. I mean, that would completely screw up the whole like rotation. At this point, you're a year away from the Winter Olympics, so you can't postpone it. Yeah, I mean, this is it. It's now or never. I don't blame Andrew Bumbleo for retiring. Yeah, that's a good point, Steve. Like you're good saying, point. like, ah, oh, it's an Olympic year. Why wouldn't you? Say? He probably knows. He probably knows like this shit isn't going to happen. So I'm not even going to bother. I'm going to go, I'm going to go have a couple beers and I'm not going to go for a run tomorrow. Yeah. Well, I think we should move on because this is now just getting depressing. So we're going to move on to a topic that I know Steve loves talking about. We're going to talk some super shoes. So, you know, I was doing some trolling on let's run. Like I like to do these days. And I stumbled across a little article where I don't even know who the guy was. I don't even know. I just happened to find it. And some guy was talking about how this year will be the equivalent of 2018. You know, 2018 was the big super shoe, super shoe year where everything exploded. It's going to be just like that again this year. But we're talking super spikes now, gentlemen. Yep. We're talking super flats. We're not talking about the roads and the marathon. We're talking about on the track. We're going to be nonstop talking about some super spikes. So get ready for another year of, you know, this wonderful topic, Steve. I mean, I mean, if you don't know where I stand on this by now, you're just not listening to the podcast. I mean, give me the super shoes. Give me the super spikes. Give me the friggin', you know, Oscar Pistorius blades to put like, you know, on, uh, on for shoes. Like I want, I want the equipment that is going to make me run and feel as fast as I possibly can. That's what innovation is. That's what I want out of my equipment. Super spike. It's got a nicer, like rolls. Super, yeah, like super, super spike. <laughs> I, I can't wrap my head on how they can be that innovative with like a current iteration of a racing spike. Like it's such a simple little, you know, piece of, 
footwear that you put on that has spikes on it. It blows my mind that they can just like take what, what is out there now, which seems to be just like engineered to the max and say, all right, we're going to make, you know, this 3% faster or, or 4%, whatever it happens to be to get these guys going. So yeah, I, I'm looking forward to see what kind of crazy shit is going to go into the, the super spike movement of 2021. Trent, you bring up you bring up a really good point though, because the whole the whole argument like behind the the super shoes, especially in the marathon, is the carbon plate really helps, but then they get from the material, the you know, kind stack of the height, yeah. the stack height, that's where you get most of it. You know, a lot of the effect effectiveness gets taken away when it goes to the spike. I mean, you do get the carbon plate. There is gonna be a lot of technology, and I'm sure it's gonna get better as the years goes on, but it's more, you know, I think it's more of just kind of like a mental advantage. Right. Like if if you're putting on like a breakthrough technology and you you it's giving you extra confidence that you wouldn't otherwise have. It's giving you some extra belief that you have something on your feet that's going to make you just run that much faster. Guess what? You're going to run just a little bit faster. It's the it's the um, you know, what's the you know, from, from space jam, the, 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 the special drink or yeah. Michael's whatever. magic, uh, Come on. whatever it is. Yeah. Michael, Michael's magic drink. That's what the super spikes are, right? It's the belief that I have something on my foot. That's a breakthrough technology. That's going to give me just that, that split second faster. And I think that it's, it's more that than anything. Sure. So I, when we were, you know, running competitively in the sport, I remember there was like the big wave of every year you got a shoe that was a little bit lighter, a little bit lighter, the flats that were a little bit lighter, um that was like the the big thing right like every single spike and flat was trying to give you as you know the most amount of support you possibly could but they were just trying to get lighter 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 and i remember when you put on some of like that fresh new pair of spikes that you just bought and you felt like you you know had clouds on your feet i I don't know like how much that technology actually i'm sure it helps a lot right but like more so to what you're saying, Steve, it was the confidence thing, right? Like when I stepped on that track with these shoes that, you know, felt like I could run a million miles an hour in, it was like, oh my God, I I am the greatest runner of all time. So I, I totally agree with that. The, the other thing that this says to me, right, if this is true and this, whoever this guy is, uh, thinks that this is going to be the 2018 on, you know, version of, of the track, that means we're going to see world records fall. Right. And that sounds awesome to me. Like that sounds crazy. Does that mean that I'm going to see a chariot, you know, 1500 meter world record. That sounds awesome. Am I going to see a Donovan Brazier 800 meter world record? That sounds amazing. Right. Like, am I going to see a Noah Lyles, you know, 200 meter world gold like, medals. Like to me, like that, that sounds amazing. That sounds like the greatest year ever, and I want all of that. So, hell yeah. Give me super spikes. Give me whatever technology, whatever placebo you got to give. Let's see some of these crazy world records go down. Yeah, and if you don't want that, if you don't want a more exciting sport, if you don't want to see the uh, the sport progress in this way, then I think you need to clean the dump out of your pants. <laughs> poopy pants yeah because just being a poopy pants and you want to have no fun and you want to see this you want to see this sport stay in the stone ages well yeah. i'm glad we were able to get away from uh you know the olympic talk to call people poopy pants that's a, that's a good note <laughs> to end on listen so, if you don't <laughs> if you no, don't think, want to talk if you don't want me calling people poopy pants then you're listening to the wrong podcast no i think it's perfect i think that's the right note to end on so gentlemen that's all i got for the news all right so we got an interview with a guy 
that is currently on every single podcast in the running world. He's the hottest ticket in the game right now. I mean, he's literally on every single podcast dropping this week. Thanks to our guy, Morgan Pearson. I think Morgan Pearson threw out a tweet saying, hey, people other than his own teammates got an interview. And I think he, he got lined up for every single podcast at the same time. But So we have Frank Lara on the podcast today of the Roots Running Project, teammate of our guy, Noah Drotti. Uh, Frank Lara, he's in his second year as a pro from Furman. He's the USA 15K national champion. He had a great performance in the Michigan Pro Half Marathon just a couple months ago. Fun conversation with him. Let's talk. So we, we originally reached out to you. I mean, we, we keep a list of people that we want to have on, and you are definitely on that list because we've been, we've been following you over this past year. But we, we reached out recently because, you know, friend of the program, Morgan Pearson, tweeted that somebody needs to have you on, that he needs to interview you other than your teammate. Was he being sarcastic? Was he joking around? What was, why, was, why was Morgan so insistent on you getting on somebody's podcast? I think the main one was because uh... – our team does like an, a, a podcast. It's just our coach kind of talking to us. And in the week I did two with him, one just <laughs> me and then another with me and Noah Drotti both on there. So That's I think right. he just kind of like, oh, there's another one, another one. That's right. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I've checked out the, the Roots Running uh, Project podcast. Pretty interesting uh, perspective on, on your team. So definitely, definitely check it out. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, you, you first kind of got on our radar with the, well, not first on our radar, but you really kind of popped when, uh, the watching the, the Michigan pro half marathon, because I mean, that was such a fun race to watch. It was at a time where we were so deprived of racing. You ran a great race. I mean, you finished, you, you ran one Oh two, you finished second, but it was a, it was a really amazing, uh, race to watch you run. I mean, you t- had a couple surges there. You, you almost had Morgan at the, at the finish line, but nobody was catching him that, that day. But what, how did it, how'd you feel out there? I thought that was awesome. It was, I think, really the first time I ever, or I guess the second time I've, like, pushed to, like, try to, like, really win a race in my life. So it was, like, a really cool experience. Um, Morgan, on the other hand, prior to the race, was like, yeah, I'm going to go out with the second group and just kind of feel it out. He's never run a half marathon before. And, like, before the race had, like, caught up to me. He was like, hey, I heard you're the favorite. And just, like, said stuff like that. I was like, oh, okay. Wow, Morgan has a lot of confidence in me. And then, did you know Morgan uh, before that or did he? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, I know Morgan, but, um, with like a quarter to go, we made like, made like a 90 degree turn and I like turned to Morgan and it was like, all right, let's go favorite. And he had a little bit more left than him than I did, but it was, it was fun. Love the little, little trash talk, little fun banter there. Um, the other part of that weekend was the Ekadin because you ran that as well, right? I mean, that was one of our favorite events of the, uh, like the entire year, basically. We were, we were kind of reminiscing on the fun different track events and different races out there that happened this year. Um, tell us about the Ekadin. Was that, you know, like, was there excitement among the athletes to just do something a little bit different out there? Yeah, I mean, the, the main event uh, that they had planned for was the, half marathon, but the Ekinen was just kind of like a fun thing. Uh, the teams will come out early and do it. And, um, um, the Hanson's guys put that on. It was just an incredible thing to be a part of. No, none of us that have obviously ever done that before. So just like a very unique format. Um, fortunately I was one of the few that didn't have to like time trial alone. Although towards the end, Tyler day kind of 
handed it to me and so it ended up being a lonely end to that 10k but uh it was it was really cool i think i wish i had planned better about how i was going to wear the sash and probably made it smaller <laughs> but um yeah there's, there's some a, great pictures of the sashes flapping all over the place with you in it yeah yeah i like was constantly adjusting it back up and um it was a loop around the lake and like one way at the beginning the sash was staying on me just fine and then once i was on the other side it was a pretty windy day and it was just like falling off my shoulder the whole time but yeah like, it was it's pretty annoying being a being a distance runner if you ever get thrown to a relay right like a four by eight i can talk about like 5k runner myself but once in a while coach lets you run the four by eight and you don't worry about practicing the baton or anything until you're about to like get the baton past you and then all of a sudden you're freaking out in your head like i don't know how to hold a baton or whatever it sounds like that with the sash like it might have been worth taking two minutes beforehand to play around with that a little bit yeah definitely i was lucky that i didn't have to receive it at any point and figure out how to grab that from somebody else since i started off but uh i had i had the handoff down on my end I get the point of the sash. It's kind of like a traditional thing. You're kind of going back to like the old academic thing, but you know, I mean, we have a bunch of pro runners out here running really fast times. Can we figure out a better system to like tell what team they're on other than just like this thin ribbon that's going to flap around in the, in the wind while you're running. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, our team was wearing purple kits that day, purple and green. So it was kind of outside of our normal colors, but I think a lot of the other teams had their like actual uniforms that they've been racing in. So I think we were kind of hard to tell apart. So I'm going to ask you about a third race now that's not your 15K US Championship, which is a ridiculous thing. We're, we're three races deep, and I still, I we still haven't asked you. But, but we're going to get to that. But I do want to ask you about the race that just happened a couple weekends ago, the Marathon Project. You were pacing out there. Um, and I don't know. Like, I, I guess that's something like I can't really relate to, the whole pacing a marathon and putting so much time and energy and effort into you know 20 miles of a marathon that's like not even your race so i want to know a little about that but first before we get to that i do want to know was there anybody who in the world who was happier for noah than yourself <laughs> um probably his fiance <laughs> but i i was super ecstatic i joke that i was um went out to pace Noah specifically and everyone else just happened to be there too. <laughs> Love it. All right. Well, let's dive into it. I mean, we got to talk about the 15 K national championship. I mean, it's an incredible accomplishment in your first year as a pro, but a lot of controversy around it in the sense where you, you finished second on the day, the winner uh, ended up testing positive for performance enhancing drugs. And so you got named the winner shortly after that. What can I, can we kind of hear it from you a little bit about your opinion in the, in the situation? Um, you know, I mean, you get to celebrate, you get to be crowned the, the 15 K championship, but you're, you're, you're a new pro. It's your first time on the podium as a professional athlete. You know, I, I, I gotta feel like, well, I gotta imagine you feel really robbed of kind of that moment. At the time, I was just super ecstatic. I mean, I, my last and only U.S. championship was the U.S. 10-mile champs, and I kind of faded back pretty early on there. But in this one, it was like, wow, I got second at a U.S. championship, beat a lot of really good guys. I don't know who the guy that won is, but I'm super pr proud of how I did. And then while we were, like, waiting for, like, for the awards, um, I 
somebody came up to me and was like, hey, a bunch of people are defending you on Twitter. And I'm like, I don't know what there is to defend because I, I, I had no idea who this guy was. I was just surprised to see him fly by me. Um, and then I looked and was just kind of overwhelmed by like all of this stuff. And at the time, all I thought was, I, I think I could have beaten him if I had just made an early, earlier surge or something. But like, I don't know. It did, I don't think I got really robbed of the day for me specifically because I felt like I had such an awesome performance and just kind of a breakthrough. And um, my coach would joke that I probably got more notoriety from that race from having been second to him than if I had actually won the race. So it was, we kind of looked at it that way, like, hey, maybe uh, I'll, I'll get famous from this and then it'll be a good stepping stone to the next one actually win it. Um, but when, when the, um, the investigation was complete and it had been like found that he had been using, um, performance enhancing substances, he, uh, I just felt kind of a bit of indifference. I mean, it was like, I know for a lot of people that these investigations happen like years and years after their awards. And I can't imagine like to them, it's like, that was so long ago. It sucks, but like, whatever. But I don't know, even just being a few months later, it was like, I'm already focused on other bigger races that I'm like really trying to do well on. So it was just kind of like a, it kind of served as a motivator for me to like prove that, okay, I'm told I'm a US champion. Now I need to prove that I am actually one. Mm. Yeah, as as you mentioned, definitely brought a lot of you know attention to you. Um, it's it's a it's a just like a story. It's not a catnip story that people are all you know excited to talk about and explore. What has that been like? Like for you, have you welcomed that opportunity to kind of like speak out about drugs in the sport and, and talk about you know clean running, or is it almost a burden in some ways? Or you kind of got thrown into this conversation, you know, more than anyone else really. Um, and it's totally out of your control. You're out there running clean. You ran a good race. Um, but now all like the spotlight has been on you. What's that been like? It's been, I've never talked about won a race as much as I have had ever. So it's, just, it's been a kind of a weird shock because you like hear about it, but you never expect it to like actually affect you of like people cheating and just kind of realizing that that happened is kind of brought to life like one I'm finally at a level where that's impacting me. So I'm making progress. And two, there's, uh, I don't know, it's kind of hard to figure out what I personally can do about it apart from training to try to beat people who are cheating or finding a way around uh, actually putting effort forward. So it's just kind of a realization of that. And then honestly, it's just been kind of a lot of thinking and just pondering like, what can I do? What should be done and it's just i don't know it's a weird it's it kind of just started the ball rolling for me and i think a lot of athletes have been in this position for a much longer time than me and they kind of have a better grasp of the whole complexity of complexity of it all because it's obviously not just the athlete at fault it's all the enablers around them be it coaches agents and countries and such so it's just kind of hard to i don't know place the blame anywhere specific all right, let me go ahead and change the subject com completely and dramatically here. Um, Frank the Tank t-shirts, unbelievable. I need to get my hands on one of these. They're, they're absolutely fire t-shirts. But for you, like how much leeway do you have to wear that t-shirt? You know what I mean? Like 
can you like where, where do you draw the line like can you go out to a bar wearing your own frank the tank t-shirt <laughs> or does it like just go out on runs with you like where where do you find that line i haven't gotten mine yet okay um, i my they're all in my coach's office right now but like <laughs> i i have thought about that and why when i would wear something with my own face on it <laughs> and um right now i would probably wear it all the time since i'm not really going out to anywhere any places in particular at this uh time of this pandemic we're in but um i i'm someone who will wear anything for fun or as a joke so i would definitely wear it Love it. Anytime. I got to get my hands on one of those shirts. It sounds awesome. <laughs> I was hoping it would be a fish tank with my head on it originally, but I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I wasn't part of the design process. Um, okay. I'm looking at the shirt right now. I mean, the, the so graphic good. design work on it's on point, right? Like your face kind of perfectly fits into where the little, I don't know, what do they call it? A little turret coming out of the top of the tank? Like it's, it's very impressive. Now I'm sure the fish tank would have worked as well. Um, but the, the, tank the tank works well. Yeah. Yeah. Second, <laughs> second edition. Second iteration of it. I was hoping I would be squinting less in the picture <laughs> that was taken. <laughs> I think it adds to it. I think it just adds to it. <laughs> So, so looking ahead, looking ahead at to, to 2021 and, and kind of your your career as a young runner, it seems to me like the 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 longer the race, the more successful you are. Are you are you do you have your your sights set on the track? I mean, I, I got to imagine with the Olympic trials coming up, it, that that's probably everybody in your situation kind of has their sights set on the on the track. But after that. Are you looking to make the the leap to the to the marathon pretty quickly in your career, or do you want to stay in that, that kind of that you know that that track distance for for a little while? Um. So at the marathon project, I was told that given the green light to finish, if I was feeling good, if the day was like going great, it would be a waste not to finish. And um, coming off of the 10k that was two weeks before the race I thought there's no way that would happen I don't know if I could even make it to the 18 miles that I'm like expected to and as we got closer and closer I was like wow I could be a real marathoner in a few weeks and then it's just kind of like um I, I don't think becoming a marathoner would stop me from racing competitively on the track and I've I've after having had the experience it was kind of like a I was kind of during the marathon project, kind of evaluating throughout, like how confident am I that I could finish and still run fast? How is it worth it? And um, the goal was to get to 18 miles on pace and then reevaluate from there. And I ended up making it to 20 at that pace and thinking like, okay, I'm going to stop pacing now. I don't know how, how, if you saw, but I like tucked, like went around and got tucked into the back and like stayed in for two more miles. And then my vision started blurring and <laughs> things kind of started going to shit and I was like, Oh, this is, this is a new experience. I've never run farther than at the time. My farthest run was 18 miles, I think. So it was just kind of like, Oh wow, this is, this is all new. So it was just kind of like, I can either finish this marathon on a whim and run super fast and it'd be super awesome. Or I can call it and call this an awesome practice run for the next marathon I do. And having gone through that, I definitely see the marathon as like a, uh, focused for at least the fall following the trials. I also feel like that's kind of a, a very modern way to, to look at the sport. Traditionally, it's you go to the track, 
you're competitive on the track, you, you know, you try to make a career on the track. And then when that's over, you transition to, to, to the marathon. But I'm, I feel like you're seeing a lot of athletes that are kind of in your situation that are like, yeah, you know, I could go between the two, but I, I could be a marathoner right now if I wanted it to be. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely like if you had asked me like a couple of years ago, like you, you can't do both, but like actually having, I mean, obviously I've never completed a marathon, so it's, hard to definitively say, but I like see myself as someone could be just as competitive as Noah was at the distance. So it was just kind of like realizing, Hey, I can do that. But also I've broken 28 in the 10 K it's just kind of like baffling to think about, but then also really cool to like look forward to when I'm like actually have had, I mean, I'm, I'm only putting in like 75 to 80 miles a week. So it's just kind of like thinking about in the future when I'm doing like a little bit more than that, I'm, continue to be competitive all around so I don't know it's just cool to think about and look forward to Frank you, you mentioned there that you think you might be able to have the same success that Noah said can you please take this time to talk trash to Noah on our podcast please <laughs> where to begin right, anywhere you start <laughs> Go ahead. Um, Noah is someone who really appreciates um, being praised so I take when we're at practice, I, I like bringing up like uh, a, one, a, a race you'll often bring up is the uh, U.S. 10 mile championships of 2016, I believe. He, no, I'm not remember. I don't remember. He was second and it was like a big deal at the time. And like, I always bring that up like, hey, no, remember that time you went, did well at that race? And he's like, wow, Frank. And then and we talk about, yeah, I haven't really raced well since then, have you? <laughs> so it's, just, it's just kind of fun to like raise him up and then tear him down. Yeah. There was some good that. back and forth on Twitter, I think, where you guys were, were kind of taking credit for each other's success. And so I, know, I hope to see that moving forward. It seems like you guys have a nice, uh, a nice group there um, with Roots. Yeah, Noah uh, takes full credit for all of my success and paving the way forward for me, although I haven't known him very long. <laughs> well, you got him paced for that, that big W you had. So. That's right. Yeah. Um, the, the best part about the Marathon Project was, well... I don't know, not the best, but uh, the pacers weren't like, I wasn't compensated for pacing it. It was just kind of like, this will be a cool experience. It'll be fun to do. Um, but after the race, I started receiving Venmo payments, tips, if you will, from the people that were in the lead pack. And I was like, oh, this is this is a nice surprise. And then the race directors and actually ended up like reaching out to all the pacers and asking for our like Venmo handles and sent, distributed them. So it was just kind of like, it was really cool because just like have people just thanking you for just coming out and pacing them. And it was like, wow, I, I didn't expect any of this, but it's just super nice to see like how much it meant for people to have run the, run the times that they did. Yeah. That that's super cool. I, that's kind of like what I was thinking about earlier. Makes sense, right? Yeah. Like, you know, if you have like a, a caddy in golf, their job is to like assist you and help you, you know, play the best you possibly can. A caddy makes, you know, a boatload on tips. I, 10%. Is that, I, I mean, I don't know how many of those kind of events you've paced before. Is that a common thing for like these kind of like bigger marathons for the pacers to be getting love from the, the pros getting tipped and stuff like that? That would be like a cool underground part of the sport that I didn't really know existed. To be honest, I don't know. This is my first time like right. pacing a real official event, but I don't think it's a common thing. We need to start making that a common thing. Pacing. Yeah, yeah I love that. Get more love. That's ridiculous. 
Yeah, being yeah, a caddy it, in golf and pacing a marathon are the exact same thing. I don't know if caddies in golf, you know, have to work until they get blurry vision and have trouble. Definitely sleeping. not. <laughs> <laughs> so you should be getting more than what a PGA caddy gets. <laughs> I, I, uh, thinking about it now, I think, uh, for our workouts, I'm normally ahead of Noah and he's very proud. Like he's happily behind me. And, um, I, Thinking now that I should request Venmo request some money after each of my workouts. Every workout, I love that. He, he said he set a bad precedent by by doing that. Now <laughs> he owes you a lot of money. Oh yeah, Frank. This has been a ton of fun. Thank you so much for coming on. But we end every interview with a quick game. So Mike, why don't you kick off down the home stretch? All right. So down the home stretch, rapid fire questions on a specific topic tonight. We're going to talk about Strava. I I believe that you uh, have some kind of involvement with Strava, so we're going to talk about that tonight. Trent's going to hit you with the first question. Let's do it. All right, Frank. I have been as as anti Strava as you can be. I've been I've been preaching the anti Strava train. So, if you could hook me up with a free subscription, I'll stop talking bad about Strava. Is that something we can do? I can look into it. I'm employed at Strava, but I can look into it. I might just be able to get you a discount, though. Hey, that's pretty good. Or a, for a <laughs> couple free months or something. I'll take it. I mean, the, this is the this is the number one Strava question. I mean, if it's not on Strava, does it count? Um, I like to record all of my road races on Strava, but for my like track races, I don't really see the point. People know where it is, <laughs> but if it's not if it's a road race and it's not a Strava, it doesn't count. So how uh, embarrassed do people usually get when they find out about the time elapsed function on Strava for the first time? I'm, oh, I see what you mean. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Not too embarrassed. I think people, there's people that like manipulating data and I have to go in and be like, hey, you can't do this anymore, so. (laughs) <laughs> there's people that like abusing the system and tell them not to do that. Frank, this, uh, this summer we had a mileage challenge and we were tracking our, our miles on Strava for an important run that I had, my connection went out and, and I had to use the honor system to say that I actually completed the miles at the pace that I said, can you vouch for me that I, I did the run that I said I did? If the GP, if the data isn't there, I can't look at it. It was so a big you got nothing for me. Oh, I guess I guess it didn't happen. <laughs> didn't happen. The days the data's not there. Twelve miles. <laughs> the you, the so, worst part is when the data isn't there and people ask us to verify it, and it's like well, I, there's nothing I can do. It doesn't exist. So I, I've recently started running with an Apple Watch, and there's a significant conversion from the from the Apple you know time to uploading it to Strava. Can you explain to me what's happening there? Yes. Um, so the Strava app doesn't have access to GPS hardware until your activity has started. So there can be a delay between the actual recording of data and when you've actually started and it won't be apparent until you've loaded it to until you've uploaded it. The workaround we're telling people is to start an activity, just stand there for like 30 seconds to a minute and then delete it and restart it because then you'll already have GPS. Ah. See, it's yeah. so smart. It's inconvenient, but it's what it is. Um, are Strava segments the smartest thing that the company's ever done? Because I say yes. 
there for me my favorite thing that we've done is the uh suggested routes which will be like based off of like user data anywhere you are in the world you can like just have your phone generate a random route and it'll be like based off it'll be like semi-random but also based off of like our like heat map of, of previous data so it's just kind of like you know it's you know it'll be a good place to run other people have done it and if you're not familiar with the place it will be perfect Trent, hit him with the last question all right frank any any particular strava like segments titles that you have and any gold medals that you have that you're particularly proud of yes the uh best one is the magnolia road peak to peak uh to or it's pavement to pavement to pavement so the out starting on one side out and back is one that i got of after actually the day after i found out about my uh what's it called what the uh that i won my u.s title wow i was like i gotta prove it to myself that i earned this and i <laughs> went out and crushed magnolia road <laughs> i mean i can imagine that's a that's a really sought after segment so yeah <laughs> yeah it's a cool one all right frank thank you so much for coming on this is a ton of fun we're gonna be rooting you on in 2021 thanks for having me i love to be here yeah appreciate it dude. seriously great. thanks this is great we had a lot of fun So coming out of that interview with Frank, we don't have a sponsor today, but I do have a friendly reminder. If you guys are fans of this podcast, if you enjoy what we're doing, please go on to iTunes, give us a five-star review. And I've said it once, I'll say it again. If you put in a tattoo idea, put your tattoo idea in the review, when we get to 300, when we get to 300 reviews, the three of us are going to pick the best idea and we're going to get that tattoo. So please do that. It would be a big help to us. All right, today we're the Peak Too Early Podcast brought to you by the Peak Too Early Podcast. That's right. That's right. That's a nice ring to it. I yeah. like it. I like it. So, gentlemen, uh, you know, th- these, it, it's funny because I always get like these like random conversations and thoughts when I'm on my short spurts of actually going for runs. So, I was on a run today and I had a thought when I ran by a fellow, a fellow runner. Um, and I did the respectful thing, right? Like this guy, this guy wasn't a hobby jogger. Like, right. He was a legit runner. He was completely outfitted. He, you know, had that, that look to him where I, I knew this guy was a runner and we ran by each other and you know, there's the sign of respect there, right? You know, it's kind of like the Jeep wave type of thing, whether it's a head nod or a little, Hey, or whatever, when you run, you know, cross paths with another runner, there's always some kind of like little interaction that goes down there so when i was passing this gentleman i gave him a little, you know, a little wave a little three finger wave there a little head nod made complete eye contact with me and just don't call me it, nothing no acknowledgement whatsoever and i don't know like i i don't know if i'm in the wrong here to to bring this up or like make a big deal about this but i feel i feel very disrespected. So I guess my question to you guys was a is like the runner's wave a real thing that like is universally known. Like I think it is. And was I completely disrespected by this man? I think, 
I think he recognized that you weren't a runner anymore. You were a hobby <laughs> jock. And so he had no reason to respond to the hobby jock. Yes, there is a mutual sign of respect and a, and a wave that goes when two runners that are clearly capable runners are running by each other. But Mike, you're just no longer in that class anymore. I hate to break it to you. Maybe that was it. I don't know. So my take on this is most of the time, most of the time, if you don't give the head nod, if you don't give the wave, if you don't give some sort of acknowledgement to your fellow runner that you're passing on the street, on the sidewalk, on the trail, whatever, you are the biggest douche in the world. But I will say, if it's the, the everybody knows those days, there's a handful of days every single year. It's usually like one of the first beautiful fall days of the year or one of the first beautiful spring days of the year where literally every single person in the world decides to go for a run and you go out there for a run on that day and it's like listen all you guys all you people out here you're just wannabes i'm out here in the cold i'm out here in the heat i'm out here year round you're just a wannabe that's capitalizing on this on this beautiful day and on those days everybody out there i'm there to to beat you and embarrass you okay but but the rest of the year you give me especially if we're out there together on a cold day like if it's a freezing cold day like today we're both out there grinding we're getting it done you know we don't want to be out there we're doing it anyways you show a little respect to your fellow runner steve i i have another point to make but you just triggered something in my mind when you were describing this day and trent i think you know a little bit something about this but that sounds i think we need to like coin that those days right like the 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 two or three days of the year when it's like everybody and their mother is is running and i think i think it's appropriate at this point in our lives to to coin that as woodwork day trent what do you think of that i mean woodwork day holds a very special place in right. my heart i know but i think we've I, I think we've moved on from from that you're that gonna part have to of explain our lives. i will we'll explain we'll explain to you here in a second steve <laughs> okay but i just want to get trent's approval before we move on with this yeah, yeah, we we can. You're right. You're right. That's a that's a, a day from a bygone era, and I think we can now apply it to uh, some and, and days here. With if we do that, then woodwork day can come back into our lives, which is a beautiful thing. Like it is so, a beautiful thing. Yeah. So I'm Steve, very excited for this. So Steve, back in college, it was a <laughs> a tradition where once a year there was woodwork day, and woodwork day was you know, usually early spring, that first like 75 degree day, right? And you just, some there was false woodwork days, there was, but the first day when it, when the seasons had changed, right? Like you were on to summertime and everybody, all the guys would, would get on their, you know, their best outfits. All the girls would pull the sundresses out of out of their closet and you walk around campus and it's just like i did not know that there was this many beautiful people on this campus until this very day you look around it's just like what is going on in my life right now because everyone on that first like sunny day like warm day of the year you want to you want to show up in a huge way so that was woodwork day in college now we've moved on so i think we can rename the day when you know there's 10 gazillion runners out on the road you know in their in their shorts and their the little workout outfits as woodwork day all the runners are coming out of the woodwork I like yeah, i'm it. sorry 
I'm sorry to all the, the people in like San Diego and, and Florida yeah, that never got to experience Woodward Day because <laughs> you get it every day of the year. It's a, it's a New England thing or at least a, a Northern Hemisphere thing. But I think that's a good idea, Mike. That day where, you know, especially for someone like myself or, or even, you know, Steve being in a somewhat busy metropolitan area, you're on those paths that you kind of like get to claim as your own for some times of the year. And then there's those days where it's like you just got to go find a new route. And that, that could be, you know, Woodward Day. So Mike, when you when you started describing that, that is that is a real thing. Like if you oh, go to school 100%. in the new in Northeast, like New England, Woodwork Day is one hundred percent a real thing, and it comes out of nowhere. It comes out of nowhere. You see, and you're right. You're walking around campus, and it's just like everybody's just ready to go to the beach out of nowhere. Like I'm used to people walking around in in hoodies, coats, you know, jeans, just bundled up, just like head down, trying to get trying to get to their to their uh, class and then it's like out of nowhere it's like this is unbelievable you got people laying out on on patches of grass like woodwork day is a real thing and i love it I, we, that's what we're going to coin you know the the change of season here is those woodwork days see my favorite thing too was like the false woodwork days because there would be days like an, unseason, <laughs> yo, yo. an unseasonably warm day and you'd have like one or two people who like thought it was woodwork day you'd even like you know in the suite that morning be like what do you, you got, what do you guys think you think do you think today's do you think it's today and then you walk outside and you know right like the vibe is so clear right away it's like no no this is not the one so it's like that even builds up the anticipation anymore and i think that translates perfectly to the running world like there, there'll be warm days that like there'll be an above average amount of of runners on the road but woodwork day in the running world it, it's it's clear like you you know when the day is when it's just like literally it's besides like January 1st, you know, when everyone's got their new year's resolutions, it might be like the number one workout day of the year is, yeah. is woodwork day. So. And I got to say on woodwork day in Boston, the Esplanade might be the worst place in the world to run. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not waving to a single person. I'm out there. I'm, I'm, I'm dodging, I'm ducking, I'm bobbing, weaving. I'm just growling and snaring everybody down that I run by, just giving them the, the, you know, stone cold looks like that's gotta be the worst place in the world on woodwork day. It's the, it's the first night of the year. And I might, I might be on a treadmill, you know, if I'm, yes. if I'm living in yes. Boston right now, put me <laughs> on a treadmill on that day. Yeah, that's right. Oh, I love it. Oh, coined a new phrase. we got to make a t-shirt, get ready for woodwork day or, or don't, or we'll, don't we'll be a woodwork day runner. All right, we got to work on that. We'll workshop it. Any ideas around woodwork, let, let us know and send it. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll put it on a t-shirt. All right, boys, let's kick off the bell app. Mike, what do you got people on the bell app? Steve, another year came. Another college national championship came around where our uh, annual bet that the first score of the game will be a safety has passed us by. Um, we lost again, but... I got a good feeling, Steve, that 2022 is our year. It's going to happen next year. You know, 12 years in the making, but we will. We will hit this. We will hit this bet next year. In 2022, the first score of the national championship will indeed be a safety, and I can't wait. Every single year, we're like it feels like we're in the game, though. You know what I mean? Like every single year, like we feel like if they got that stop on fourth down, it looked like it was a real possibility. So, you know, it's going to happen. It's going to happen one of these years. And when it does, and you know what? I'm glad it didn't happen this year because we weren't able to be together and party because when it happens, that's going to be the best football game of all time. We're going to party like it's like it's the, you know, the most important football game we've ever watched in our lives. So Trent, what do you got for people in the bell app? 
couple people in my life have been repping the Taper Championship Bender Peak Too Early sweatshirt. I've been seeing it around. The thing is fire. If you didn't get what you wanted for Christmas or you're returning all the things that you don't want and got a little bit of money or you just you just need that one more present to really feel like you got everything you needed during this holiday season, let's not finish the holidays yet. Let's let it stretch on a couple weeks into January. Why not? Uh, the-harrier.com. There are still sweatshirts up there. They are absolute fire. Everyone that I've seen wearing it just just looks amazing in it, and they say it's super comfortable. Um, so don't don't forget that we still have some sweet swag on the-harrier.com. They are sold out. Oh no, <laughs> I I just I went they on the website. Are bro, gone. What a tease. They I went are on the website gone. right now to check it, and uh, I didn't I didn't check that. So. They are gone. So if you slept on the on the uh, you know the the taper. Uh, championship bender peak too early season sweatshirt sorry your sol and that's how it's gonna be for our apparel drops if you do they're all gonna be small quantities if you don't act you're gonna miss out on this dope gear forever so um yeah i i was just i was giggling while you were doing that whole that whole rant because they are officially gone and thank you to everybody that bought one i mean that's that's huge i mean we did this partnership with harrier and uh, you guys, the, the two crews stepped up in a big way. Um, so, so thank you. So, you know, I'm just going to leave it on that. Thank you to everybody that's supporting us. Thank you for everybody that signed up for the Irish Clover 5 Miler. It's going to be a good time. Other than that, boys, I would run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the Josie. Josie's on a vacation far away. So come around and talk it over. So many things that I want to say. No, I like my girls a little bit older I just want to use your love tonight Yeah I don't want to lose your love tonight I ain't got many friends left to talk to No one's around when I'm in trouble You know that I do Stay the night but keep it undercover I just want to use your love tonight Oh yeah I don't want to lose your love tonight Because you Dude, are the only wrong with me. Like, one I got, like, a sh- I've ever I got like the sharp pain in my neck And like it's just like yeah, going a little dizzy Yeah if it's not Dude, I'm going to get some water I feel super good <laughs> Okay, Jesus <laughs> Steve Steve had only juice for 48 hours and then he went right to alcohol. That might have just like his system may not have been, not been prepared a, for that. What they call in the business dehydrated. Can you be dehydrated if you just drank juice for 48 hours? I don't like, think is, juice, isn't juice hydrating? I don't think so. You think about an orange. How much water is in an orange? Yeah, but do you know why you do? the juice cleanse because it like flushes everything out of you i think it's dehydration steve no no it can't be because you're hydrated when you drink been juice. drinking a shit ton of water yes but doesn't like the juice cleanse like like you know isn't it the whole idea to flush everything out of me maybe i haven't shit my brain another shoulder to cry upon because if it's not you it's not anyone whoa I don't want to lose you.